What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Say Yes to Sarah. I'm starting with a laugh this morning because I said, hey, everybody, and realized that the line was still muted. So um, I'm ready to say yes to spirit even when you can't hear me. Uh, What about you, Leslie? (laughs) I am. I especially like those kinds of stories, you know, that we just can laugh with ourselves. Isn't that a powerful saying, yes to spirit? Yes, yes, and yes, because it's all happening perfectly. So if this is your first time listening to Say Yes to Spirit, are you just kind of found us a little what seems to be by accident, just know you are in the right place and now must be the time for you to say yes to spirit. We've been doing the show since March of 2010, and uh, (laughs) what we have found is that it is a really perfect opportunity to remind ourselves and each other that we've made a commitment to say yes to spirit, to go through life in a way that demonstrates that we say yes to spirit, and to really ponder how can my life be different, better, always evolving because I say yes to spirit. And just having the ritual of the routine of doing it. I was talking with someone this morning who really is just kind of stepping into her spirituality and getting kind of, you know, out of the 100% human experience and experimenting with, you know, spiritual daily practice. And she's coming more and more flustered with her job and her friends and and it's apparent that, you know, as she's becoming more spiritual, she's yearning for some sort of spiritual community, spiritual ritual, and the not spiritual part, even though we know it's all spiritual, but in, you know, in some respects, this hour out of my week is like spirit with an exclamation point after it. And certainly, if I'm being, living in the being, it's always like this, but many times I get caught up in the human experience and and so if I don't have some sort of ritual or some sort of something I have to do, quote-unquote, then I can get farther and farther away from the being in life. And it was interesting to hear her talk about how the human experience is becoming more and more difficult as her spiritual birthing is sort of coming about. It's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> It is just having the the habit and the community and the you know the practice even more so than the habit um, makes a huge difference. So one of the habits or practices we've developed over the last few years is to um, always begin the show. Well, to always have a theme for the show and then to begin the show uh, with connecting the dots between the previous theme and this one. So our theme for this week is pride, P-R-I-D-E, pride. And so we'll have the opportunity as we get into today's show to talk about what what that means and how it shows up and um, what does it have to do with saying yes to spirit. Our most recent theme was conflict, and um, and so you know that it's time to connect the dots between the previous theme and the current theme when you hear the connect the dots theme music. So Leslie, and connecting conflict with pride. 
That's less like shooting fish in a barrel, and that's terrible. As a vegetarian, he's that as an example. But that's too easy, I guess, for me. And I'll be interested to see how we talk about pride for the next few minutes. Because to me, when I'm in my pride, quote unquote, when I'm doing something out of pride, I I see that as a fraught with potential for conflict because it seems like that's me saying I'm right, you're wrong. It, it's a very kind of, uh, it's a word that has a lot of edges to it for me. It's not a full word. Um, and it's interesting because I see the word pride different than proud. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when I think of pride, I think, oh, there's going to be conflict. So there's my connected dots to that. Pretty darn easy for me. Well, all right. That's our connected dots for this week. And um, please hang with us. We'll be back in a little over a minute with more on Say Yes to Spirit. You're listening to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And today our theme is pride. And um, we'll, we'll absolutely have the opportunity to just look at that from a lot of different angles. When you just look up the word pride in the dictionary, there are three definitions. First one is pride is a sense of one's own proper dignity or value. Pride is a sense of self-respect. The second one is that pride is pleasure or satisfaction taken in an achievement, a possession, or an association. And then the third definition is pride is arrogant or disdainful conduct or treatment um, or haughtiness. Ding, ding, ding. That's the one I... (laughs) The other two, no, I didn't, but ding, 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 that's the one I think of when I think of pride. That's funny, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, and that one, I think you're right. If someone is considering your behavior arrogant or disdainful, then what you said in the Connect the Dots would be very possible, if not likely, that you know, because I see you as arrogant or because I see what you're doing as disdainful, then I might, that that might create some between us. Yeah. Um, Or it will create that distance that I just avoid you or ignore you because (laughs) because what I, you know, because either I see you as arrogant and, or I don't like what you're doing. But that is interesting because it's not unusual for our regular listeners. They're just like, of course you two would see it differently. Um, I was about to say, which one do you resonate with, Tracy Brown? Yeah, well, it's funny that for me the the idea of pride um, in terms of doing things in a way that you can, and so you said it was different for you if you thought of the word proud, but yes, yes, 
that, I, you know, I'm doing things, I have pride in what I do. I care about it, and I do it at a level of quality that, um, you know, that meets my own standard. Often that has nothing to do with someone else's standard. My standards are, I, I find that my standard is often higher than a lot of other people's. And so I don't, I'm not proud of the work that I do, and I don't have pride in my work because someone else thinks it's good. Uh, I have pride in my work when I have met my own standards. Uh, And so that is kind of how I look at it. And then the other work, the other image that comes up very quickly for me with pride, you know, is a pride of lions. You know that it's uh, that it's used in the animal kingdom as a group, oh, right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, but knowing that our theme last week was conflict, I, I that that did not, you know, that didn't I didn't miss that potential connection that often because of our pride we find ourselves in conflict. But I, even then I wasn't thinking it of in an arrogant way. I was thinking about how pride keeps us from apologizing. And, you know, our pride keeps us from asking for help. And our pride um, makes it so that sometimes we don't step up to do or say the things that would actually bring us closer to people because our pride doesn't allow us to be, our emotional pride doesn't allow us to ask for help, doesn't allow us to apologize, doesn't allow mm. us to right. um, be vulnerable. Yes. And so I think that when there's conflict, our pride may, may not have caused the conflict but our pride, our false pride. Mm, ooh, false pride. Ooh, yeah, I like that. <clears throat> our false pride keeps us from healing the conflict because we it won't allow us to be vulnerable. Isn't that an amazing thing? How does that whole concept? Isn't there a Renee Brown or someone now kind of in the in the light of Oprah? All Things Oprah, that has a whole series on vulnerability and the idea of, as a culture, our unwillingness or fear or lack of vulnerability causes us to say sort of unwell emotionally. Yeah, Renee like Brown. Renee Brown, okay, mm-hmm. to be. Who, um, whose TED Talks have catapulted her into major visibility. Gotcha. And it's about vulnerability, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She talks a lot. The second one was really a lot about vulnerability and, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that when you connect that, the, the, the idea of pride versus vulnerability, they do seem to be polar opposites. And when we or in any kind of work situation, personal situation, family situation, there, you know, to be vulnerable we think is to be weak, but actually it's the strongest, to me, the biggest Most strength. courageous right. thing to do. Right, right. And, and, and it's our pride, exactly as you said, that, that tells us. It's almost like the ego, the pride, the ego, the false pride. I like that false pride. It is sort of this little chirp in my ear saying, don't do that, you'll look stupid, don't say that, you'll look weak, don't do that, they'll make fun of you. Yeah, as I was saying it, it, and it shifted in my mind to, really, that's false pride. And and really, yes, in my there was a voice in the back of my head going, it's just the ego, it's just the ego. Uh-huh. Um, and it is false pride, because pride related to proud, you know, I'm, I'm proud, I'm excited, I'm right happy about the way this is. So it's false pride that you can handle this yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you really can't. You're feeling like you can't, but you won't step into asking for help 
because right. your ego is it's chattering saying, right. we don't ask for help. We <laughs> figure it out. We are survivors, you yes. know. You can do this on your own. And, um, and so in that sense, it's really not pride, it's fear. Uh-huh. And, and it's talking like pride. Uh-huh. So. And is there, in your mind, is there a difference between proud and pride, or are they the same word for you? For me, they're pretty much the same. <laughs> they're, I mean, you know, obviously yeah. they're from the same root, and... Yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with pride as one of the, what is it, the, is it the seven sins, the seven, oh, is pride a sin, really? Like envy? Well, the and seven, right, the seven, it's not called the seven sins, it's called uh, the seven. Something bad, there was a movie about it. Yeah. Yeah, and pride is don't one of them. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think so, jealousy. Yeah, envy. Envy, right, right, right. Let's look that up. Let's see what Google has to say. Because I know what's happening is we've got some very smart listeners who are like, the seven, fill in the blank. And they know. And how how can they not know that? Everybody knows it. And and there have been days when I've known it. (laughs) Now you're feeling all defensive about not knowing. I don't think. No, I've ever I mean there's, there've been days I've known uh-huh. it for the, whatever not reason. Because um, it's like it's not. Oh, it's the seven. I haven't gotten to there in Google yet. It's the seven I, deadly sins. Is oh, that what it is? Is it seven deadly it's sins? Seven, yeah, seven deadly seven sins. Seven deadly sins. That's really that's why they made that movie because they were killing people around us. Right. Yeah. Seven deadly sins. Seven heavenly virtues. The seven deadly sins are those transgressions fatal oh, to wow. spiritual those? See, that must be progress. how I'm, in, I'm interpreting that. As, that's my definition of pride right there. Now, let's see if we can find a list of the seven deadly sins. Is that in the Bible? Or did some person make that up? The seven deadly sins, also known as the capital vices or the cardinal sins, is a classification of vices, part of Christian ethics, that has been used since early Christian times to educate and instruct Christians concerning fallen humanity's tendency to sin. Oh, it's not the Bible. In the currently recognized version, the sins are usually given as wrath, Avarice, sloth, pride, lust, envy, and gluttony. What's avarice? Each is a form of idolatry of self, where the subjective reigns over the... Spirit. (laughs) Objective. The subjective reigns over the objective. I got you. So those would be the deadly sins because they would be putting, in theory, my little S self ahead of my capital S self. Yes. And avarice is the is money is is greed related to money versus greed in general. I got you. Uh, Excessive or insatiable desire for wealth or gain greediness. So see, that's my definition of pride right there. Seven deadly sins. Glad to know that I'm right there. That's a that's a thing fraught with conflict. And, you know, it's also interesting, too, because I think <laughs> in Dallas we have a large gay pride parade and we have gay pride week. And as a gay person, I've always found that such a ponder because I'm not necessarily proud that I'm gay. It's like saying I'm proud that I have brown eyes and that, you know, that, that I feel the need to, you know, have this... Um, this uh, sense of, you know, identifying it as a something to, you know, be proud of or have a week set aside to put a spotlight on um, seems very um, strange to me. And I, and, I, and I guess, you know, when I think of the word pride, they attach it to, you know, do you have an African-American pride week? Or do y'all, get, y'all get a whole month. Don't you get a month? 
Isn't there like Black History Month or something? Mm. Now there <laughs> it is. Is there a word pride in it, or is it just Black History Month? So, Do you have the word pride? No, pride's not in it anywhere. See, I, would rather, um, I think I'd rather be a black person. See, y'all don't have a need to say pride But but what but relate no, related to that, you know, in the late sixties and early seventies there was well, during the black power movement and you know, James Brown's song Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. Uh huh. Um and again, it uses the word proud instead of pride. pride. Yeah, like but there pride. was a magazine called Black Pride for a while during that period. Really? And it was, again, not about the pride in the sense of sin, but pride in the sense of the dictionary definition of self-respect I got you. and self-esteem. Okay. And if you don't have pride in who you are, which you would probably say more as either acceptance, uh-huh. Or maybe confidence. Yeah, it's pride yeah. in that sense gotcha. that, regardless of what "quote unquote" the world or society says about you, this is something that you have to be. You have to have self-respect for right. and celebrate. So I know from my own background, um, it's funny. I recently posted on Facebook a photo from. Hi, my last year of high school, and um, and of course I have this big afro. Really, you know, I love it. And uh, and someone said something about um, several people made comments about you know the hair as if it was just kind of a hairstyle, which now it is. You you know you can and you can buy the big afro wigs, and everybody has seventy parties, seventies uh-huh. parties, uh-huh. and. You know, it's 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 a style, uh-huh. but no, it wasn't a style. It was a, a it really not political in the sense of who you're going to vote for, but it was a political statement or unfolding. It was actually dangerous to wear your hair in a big afro. Is that why you did it? No, that's not why it's good, I did Brown. it. It's not. But did you know you were making a statement? I knew I was making a statement that I was willing to be proud of my natural hair, my because God made it that way. Uh-huh. And why should I be trying to look like right. the Breck girl? Sure. When my hair doesn't do bouncing and behaving, really, right. and I have to go through all these changes. And so, what it wasn't political, like you know, like joining the Black Panthers would have been uh-huh. political. It wasn't that kind of bold statement, but it was a bold statement, and you weren't always safe in doing that in the late 60s because it was so different and it was so new and it was so, um, in some ways, counterculture, but it was about coming into that ability to be proud of that part of who I am. Gotcha. And so I think that's too why, for me, pride has a different meaning because in my formative years, mm-hmm. in my teen years, there was a lot about being proud I, to be able to say, I'm, I have pride in being black. Mm-hmm. I have pride in being an African American even though society doesn't value me. Right. Um, so I'm guessing that I'm not guessing I've lived through this whole shift in our culture to gay pride and um and I know that's exactly where that comes from. And and not I'm proud of this over other things. I think it does get confusing because we do these celebrations, right? <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's really not about having a big party. Yes. Yeah. Or having the parade and the flamboyancy of that—it's—it's it's deeper than that in its foundation. And maybe that's what gets lost in translation when we when we do the 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 glitz and glamour of it and lose the origin of you know that I get to be of equal value, and you know in many ways when the pendulum is swung so far to the left for anyone they you know you have to spend you have to. Spin that pendulum way to the right and get really loud and get really out of, just to get that sort of medium, you know, acceptance of 
what everybody basically deserves. Well, yeah, and to have fun with it. I mean, so like with when you said like Black History Month, and oh, you all y'all you all get a whole month, and it's like you know, <laughs> I have to like take a deep breath and go, oh, how many times have I heard that when I'm doing diversity training or whatever. <laughs> And it's like, okay, really the goal is that I can be proud of who I am for 365 days of the year. And because it's not the history of people who look like me or who come from similar roots, ancestral roots that I do versus socioeconomic roots or, you know, city roots, um, are not included. And so, you know... So, yeah, there's a time of the year where maybe, if you're lucky, you'll get exposed to some folks who really did some things. But it's, it is the exact same challenge because, you know, nothing irks me more. <laughs> I don't have a lot of... Irkable um, things. Uh, right, but nothing, <clears throat> other than moving, nothing irks me more <laughs> than, you know, find, than knowing that during Black History Month, like working with a client, and they're like, oh, we're going to have a Black History Month program. And I just, you know, I just try to close my ears and make sure I'm holding myself in the chair. Because if they say they're going to bring in a gospel choir and have a soul food lunch, you know, or serve soul food in their cafeteria, you know, it's like I just want to slap the them. The portal right? minions are trying. They're trying. Well, that's like I said. Uh-huh. I have to make sure uh-huh. I'm holding the chair and uh-huh. I'm taking a deep breath so that I don't grab them or shake them <laughs> or curse at them <laughs> or roll my eyes at them And that I, if I'm in person. Now, uh-huh. if I'm on the phone with them, I'll hold you different You put them on mute for a minute, right? <laughs> there you go. Like the phone's on mute uh-huh. and I'm going, I cannot believe you this. Is so this is oh, my God. You know, and then I take a breath and I'm able to say, so so tell me how that helps your the employees in your company work more effectively with the black employees, you know. And then I wait because often they will, often, not some uh-huh. occasion, often uh-huh. the response will be, well, they'll understand how, how their coworkers eat <laughs> and... And maybe they'll want to go visit um, one of their coworkers' churches, and then I'm really like there off the go. train, right? There because you go. you're going to bring in a gospel choir, and you think every one of your black employees goes to a black church that has a black gospel choir that sings those kinds of songs, then you are way off. And um, do you even like soul food, Tracy? <laughs> yeah, I probably like soul food more than you do. Actually, we're talking about. Food, uh, well, you stereotypes. Like food. You like food more than <laughs> exactly I right. So I'm no, I love like, I love whole food. Um, and that doesn't that's not going to make us work better together, <laughs> right? Uh, it really isn't. Uh, and um, and so you know, I gently try to guide them to okay, you've already got that plan, but like if you're going to have a speaker. You know, they'll like. Well, I'm gonna. We're we're gonna invite the the president of the local NAACP. Well, unless you're a social services agency or a political action agency, or what you do is related to politics or community building, the president of the NAACP is not who you want to bring. So, you know. Are there people who are African American who have been leaders in your industry? I was say your own company, right? In your in your in your company in your industry. What what technology do you use, or what you know? What how do you do business? Okay, let's find out if anything you use in your business was actually invented or created, or a system that was developed by someone who is. African American. Oh, you know, it's like let let's have dem- some demonstration that there is something to be proud of that is related to your company or your industry. And um, very good, Tracy Brown. He should do that for a living. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I consider doing that for a living. But it is interesting how different people 
language things, you know, and and how powerful the language is, of course. We all know that. And, you know, I'm trying to think of spiritual communities and if I would ever use the word that I'm proud to be a member of Center for Spiritual Living Dallas or proud to be a member of Lake Highlands United Methodist Church or whatever churches I've been affiliated with, I don't think I would associate even the word proud with my spiritual life or my spiritual community. It's not something that I'm... And it maybe, maybe it's the same kind of thing as my homosexuality. I look at it kind of like having brown eyes. It's just so much a part of me. I'm not proud of it. It's not, I don't have pride in it. It just it, it is. Well, and that makes sense because of how we started the show, that for you the connection, pride immediately connects in with arrogance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and power over or right, right, right. better than. Right, right. And so it, with that <laughs> definition, with that working definition, then it would make sense, although... It'd be you know, good. We, I don't associate that with my spiritual... We live in the Bible Belt, oh, yes. and so we know that there are a lot of religions, a lot of, of churches yes. that actually their members would be saying, I am proud, proud yes. me, meaning... I'm better. Right. I am better, that yes. I go to this yes. particular church right um and but and it is interesting how yes i'm sure there are a lot of people for whom pride means it's a ranking mm-hmm. and why would i be proud that i go to the 10th largest church you know i'm proud that i go to the largest Baptist church in the dallas fort worth area Right, and versus I'm proud to be affiliated with this community that is doing really good things. And I'm not doing a comparison. It's not about what we're doing or how large we are compared to some other church. You know, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I'm recalling a time long ago and far away that I did a little part-time kind of, I don't know, was it multi-level marketing? Probably not. But it was something, a company that... uh, sold travel. Let me see how I can frame this. It was a company that was trying to help nonprofits make money. Mm-hmm. And so if your nonprofit signed up for this travel company, anybody that went through this travel website for like let's say Volunteers of America is a nonprofit, so Volunteers of America would pay money to this travel site, they would then tell all the people that volunteer for Volunteers of America, come to our travel site and book your booking, and they could get on to, you know, Hotels.com, all the Travelocity, all the regular booking companies that were well-known. But if they entered it through this vortex of VOA, then any of the travel booked on that would, 10% of it would come back to Volunteers of America. Right. And they called that an affinity program. Right. And it's interesting thinking about the word affinity because the concept was if I'm going to book my air flight on Travelocity.com and I like Volunteers of America and my mother volunteers there and I want to help my mother's cause, I'm going to make the effort to go through this other website to get to Travelocity.com. I'm going to take the extra 20 seconds or whatever so that I know my mom's getting because I care about my mom and I want her to get that $10. Right, and so to me, I have an affinity for my spiritual community. You know, I have I would go an extra ten steps, or you know, I would look out for my quote unquote spiritual community. That funny, you know, I would do things for them that I, you know, hopefully I would do for anyone, but in theory, probably I wouldn't. But you know, that that I would take that extra effort for some community that I had an affinity for, and I guess on some level the healthy definition of pride, you know, that would be something, you know, that I would do for because I was proud of my community. I would want them to benefit from my actions. Well, for me, listening to that, what went through my head was, well, one is about the relationship you have with the group. Yes. Or to the group. 
and the other is about the relationship you have to yourself. Meaning that I'm... The affinity is I have this relationship to the group, right? to the group identity. <coughs> and pride is about the relationship I have with myself. Ah. So could there be, should I have an affinity to myself? Should I? Well, think of yeah. what might happen if I liked myself. Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't transformational? That be something? Let's write that down as a possibility. Yeah. So, I mean, just in listening to you, that's, mm-hmm. it's like, well, yeah, my my pride is about how I see and relate to myself, my self-respect, my uh-huh. self-esteem, uh-huh. myself, my comfort with uh-huh. who I am in the world, and and I am, and I am, an affinity is my comfort with, my respect of, and my uh, perception of this group. Yes. So we do a lot of things in our affinity groups, and for most of us, if we are involved, whether we're formal members or not, if we're involved with a church or a spiritual community, that's one of our affinity groups. Yes. I mean, typically you're not, you don't stay involved with a group that you don't resonate with or res- resonate, respect, and, you know, relate to. So, um, and, and, and yeah, and, and I am African American and my pride about that is one thing. My affinity to all things African American is also very high. Um, but it is outside of me. It's the group identity, or in some cases, the stereotypes about the group <laughs> identity. So I think they're, that they're the same thing with a different focus. I like that. And I like that, you know, sadly, like work, you know, I get certain definitions of certain words in my head, and I can't unlock that, change that, so I can say I have affinity for myself. I have pride in what I do. I have an affinity for what I'm doing. For who you are. For who I am. For the essence of all things, Leslie. So last last night, as it it so happens, um, you know, this, this has been a season where there are a lot of graduations and uh, um, honors and acknowledgments Mm -hmm. and uh, during the summer months, especially in um, Science of Mind, we tend to have a lot of, um, you know, we have a lot of practitioners who complete their exams. We have a lot of ministers who complete their written exams and oral exams all through the months of June, May, June, July, and August. Isn't that an interesting ritual? But anyway, yes. And so um, I've been to a few graduations, and I've, you know, all of that. But as it as it happens, last night I was participating in an ordination ceremony. A, a minister who's been a minister for a while um, and has completed all the credentials that are required to be ordained, which means now you don't have to renew your license. You are declared, you know, wow. a minister for life. Yeah, you can do all sorts of sorted things and not get in trouble. Is that the idea? Okay. And uh, so you don't have to, you know, continue to have a formal mentor and a formal guide and, you know, your ordination. And so it's really interesting because, um, and really had not thought of this at all related to the show, but the idea of pride. Oh, I would imagine traditionally that would be a very um, proud moment. You know, that it's a, it is a proud moment. And so I see, I saw, got to see proud in or pride with both definitions. The pride not only of the minister who <laughs> is being, being ordained and, you know, having the raised, Self-esteem and the um, we're saying in a good way, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, good. Yes, yes. And seeing that as wow, you know, I didn't know I could. I'm so do excited this. that I got. Well, that. I didn't know for sure if I 
could ever attain this, but I've earned it. You know, I've done the work, and wow, now I'm an ordained minister. Awesome. And some, and, and a number of ministers, just, you know, being in that, who were there, because uh-huh. lots of ministers come to ordinations of new, you know, <laughs> new ordained ministers. And, you know, and the majority of them, that coming from that sense of, you know, being reminded probably of the day they yes. actually uh-huh. it got to that point. Um and then there was but the there one. Was, <laughs> Go ahead and there was at least one. There was at least one that you got a feeling that yeah, the perception was, you know, you are now entering the ranks of people that are better than the others. Well, that yeah, kind of like that's how they perceive themselves. You know, right. I have done this, right. and I. And so but now they I'm better more, than ev- really. everyone else. And and it's sometimes, as in the case last night, so subtle, uh-huh. right, that you don't really, unless you interact with that person a, a lot, you don't know if they really feel that way or if it's my perception of them. And just because <laughs> I don't know them well enough, I'm reading more into what they're saying or how they're holding themselves than they are. Right. That they may not even know they're coming across that way. Let's hope not. But, um, you know, I think you're right in that in that time when, when arrogance or I'm better than you is truly kind of the motivation, the underlying right. motivation, then that person wants you to know. Right. They want you to be very clear <laughs> that, that I am better, better than you. So, yeah. And that comes of fear. That just comes of pure fear. And arrogance, arrogance, arrogance. And it, it, it is a fascinating, you know, going back to the idea of the connected dots with conflict and that false pride. And it's all, you know, there's a whole list of other things, probably the list of the seven deadly sins, um, that separates us from the truth of who we are. And if I'm really fully aligned with the truth of who I am and being that, then there, you know, there's no play in me for that kind of, you know, I can get enticed. It, it, it uh, did I talk about this, the concept of the bite? I did, didn't I talk about the the idea uh, with conflict in terms of people can throw out a hook and whether or not I take the bite. When I take the bite, when I take the hook, that's when conflict arises. That, you know, there can be conflict all around me, little hooks. I had a friend that emailed me because we were talking about this concept last week. She goes, there are hooks everywhere. I see them everywhere. <laughs> so it's an interesting metaphor when you start thinking about it, you know, how friends or family or workers, you know, throw out these hooks and then once you become aware of Oh my goodness! Okay, I don't have to bite that because it's the biting that. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about that metaphor later on, and it occurred to me this whole concept of Adam and Eve and the bite of the apple, and that the serpent made that apple seem so attractive and so interesting and so something like nothing else in the garden, and and that somehow when I'm in arrogance or when I'm feeling conflicted or when I'm feeling separate from God, that separation feeds that, that ego is feeding that separation. Oh, this is lovely. This is shiny. This is better than all the rest. We're going to be special. You come with me. I know the way. And it's like so enticing to go into that. And um, and then I thought, interestingly enough, I thought, you know, at the end of the day, it was biting the apple that let the game begin. I mean, really, at the end of the day, there wouldn't be a game if she had never bit the apple. So in a strange way, these little kind of little tiny hooks that I bite, these things that I do, when I follow that enticive ego, ooh, 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 and I do it, and then I can learn, right? The idea is then I can learn, oh, that's just an apple. Oh, gosh, that's, you know... Actually, one of the most boring of all, is it a vegetable or a fruit or whatever it is? Yeah, you know, peach or a plum is much nicer, isn't it? But, you know, so, but the illusion of something, and I bite it, and then I can see, then I can learn. So there's almost purpose in the these things that separate me. 
Well, I really am entertained. Do you want to use the word brilliant again? I think you used brilliant last week. I really am (laughs) hesitant. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going there. Go ahead. To agree? To, no. Say I was right? No. Impressed? No. (laughs) None of the I'm really hesitant to point this out. That I'm wrong? It wasn't an apple? (laughs) Go ahead. I'm very nervous to what you're going to say next. I'm trying to delay it because I'm thinking, oh, gosh. I'm really hesitant to point this out. Okay. But you said... Mm. Something. ...that these... Hooks. Hooks. Yes, I got that right. ...might in some complex way actually have a purpose. Yes. Oh, I think so. To the human experience. To the human yes, experience, certainly not the divine, but yes. And so, but the, oh, and so, yes. We actually don't want to. We don't want to avoid the hooks all the time. All the hooks, ah. But we do want to be a choice. We don't want to be where the hooks are in control. Yes. But we cannot have our human experience oh, without hooks. Stop without ever biting a hook, because when you bite the hook, it mm. is moving you mm-hmm. toward your best and highest good. You think Eckhart bites you the hook? have to learn certain things. Mm-hmm. So I'm hesitant to bring that up, even though <laughs> I agree with you, because, yes, that would just, like, n- not be in support of your... Very interesting. Desire that, you know, which is that I can live a hook free life. Yeah. Because it's possible to walk through and still be in the meat skin, so to speak. Yes. And so, um, you know. I do think it's possible. See, now I'm really, I'm getting all prideful. That's why I'm (laughs) hesitant. Because I'm thinking I can live a hook free life. Yes, I can. Stand the being. So let's do use an example. Do you think Deepak Chopra? Oh, absolutely. But, but let's use an example that you have Oprah. used on this show before. Every day. Oh, not Oprah. Oh, well, I'm not <laughs> going there. I'm not going there with the 50 examples. Uh, uh, let's use an example that you have used before. Oh, dear. Okay. So you've used the yes. Reverend Beatrice example. Oh, yes, but she fired me. Oh, I wasn't thinking of that one. I was thinking of an example when she needed this chunk of money that oh, was like yes. a big amount. Yes, $43,000 or something, yes. And it basically came to her in the mail, The you know, in, in time. Yes, yes. In, just in time right. for the need. Right. So the the key for me is, so the question is, does Reverend Beatrice ever get hooked? No, I mean, definitely no. Well, but <laughs> she bites the hook. I have You think this. she bites the hook? Let me give you the example. Oh, Take a don't, breath. I don't think she bit the hook. Oh, go ahead. Notice. Pedestal's falling down. Go ahead. No, no the, I'm, my perception. Ah. Notice. Notice in the mail or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. You've got to pay $43,000 or you're going to lose this property whatever, you know, or right. you could, whatever right. the scenario More or less, is. Yeah. And in the moment of saying, well, I can just throw this in the trash, and ignore, she didn't ignore it. Bury my head. Right, she mm-hmm. didn't ignore it. Yeah. So the hook is, okay, I've got to engage with this. And what ah. she chose to do was engage with it using her spiritual tool. Gotcha. And she engaged with oh, it. Gotcha. You okay. have no power over me. I know that God is my supply and my source, and I will have the money because I have the money right now because I and God are one. Gotcha. And the money shows up. So she bit the hook, but she applied oh, no, spiritual practice mm-hmm. to it instead of fear. So I'm going to have to come up with some other metaphor, though, because the binding of the hook causes blood and pain and, and I think, difficulty, and that's, but if I, so if I, so, so if I approach the hook, so you're suggesting but that you the don't hook have, is the human experience, that I'm going to have to engage. And so you, you get to decide when you bite, 
that's why it's so important to choose which hooks you bite. So the line of you don't have to bite every hook, uh-huh. I think it's true because all kinds of things come at us in the course of the day, like the person who then emailed you and said, the hooks are everywhere. <laughs> they are. Uh-huh. And if I'm not conscious of that, I end up biting every hook that comes along and I get wrapped up in the story yeah. and I'm reacting constantly right. to what everybody else is putting out there. But if, the, if I look at the hook and say, is this mine to do something with? Yes. Then I'm going to be pulling out. I'm I'm going to be conscious of which hooks I've attached myself to. Right. And some of them may be really bumpy rides. And I and my humanity may be in and out, in and out. I may really, really, really be afraid. But it's a chance for me to practice my spiritual tools as the whatever is at the other end of the hook is dragging me through the water and trying to reel me in. Right. So am I reeled in to love and peace and joy and abundance and prosperity, or do I get reeled in to drama, a different kind of drama? Oh, so you're suggesting... Otherwise there's no sense in being careful about what hooks you bite. So you're suggesting that the the the, uh, the the hand holding the rod needs to be of, or the issue holding the rod, that the hook in and of itself is not good or bad. It's neutral. That it's whoever, whatever's going to happen once I take that bite, that I need to be aware of. Well, because all I can do is control me. I can't control right. the right. hook, or whatever is at the other end of the rod, whatever, you know, that hook is moving. But what I choose to do can influence Mm -hmm. where I go being led by that hook. Either I engage or I don't engage. And if if I make the choice to engage, then I am engaging with the energy of that hook. I'm engaging with the energy of that hook, but the energy of that hook does not have to define my energy or who I am. I see. So I could even, because I don't have to come up with another something besides the biting I just have so attachment to that's painful and bad, and I don't want to do that. But uh, but I can, as Reverend, as you said with Reverend Beatrice, she didn't just bury her, you know, bury her head or shred the piece of paper. She engaged in a spiritual way with that human hook experience. Right, right, right. Or that human opportunity. Right. And that otherwise there's no point in engaging. I mean, so let's see if I can think of a different example. Um so well same 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 idea. There are many hooks and I bite this hook of um I get this notice and I have to come up with $43,000. So when I bite that hook, it's a big hook, and I have a lot of issues around money and prosperity. And so when I bite that hook, I know I can't ignore it, but I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, right. and I don't believe it's possible. It's like I'm the one who's still managed. I'm the one who's in charge of my own reaction. And and let's say I I read it, I panic, I put the paper at the bottom of a pile, <laughs> yeah. and um, and I'm it's constantly in my head. I've engaged with that hook. Yes. It's constantly coming up every day. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't have any money. I don't even have a job. What am I gonna? Where am I gonna get forty three thousand dollars? I'm engaged with that hook. Uh-huh. I bit the hook and I'm engaged with it. And I'm totally, in everything I think and do, in the impossibility, in the fear, right. in the hum- human ego reaction to it. So that's what I'm going to get. So, 
And I... This is going to reinforce that things just can't work out. Exactly. That's what I believe, and that's what this is another... I was just getting ahead, and now $43,000. There it goes. And so it's, you know, it's, it's what I do. If I really have said yes to spirit, do I really believe that I, you know, that with God in partnership with spirit, do I really believe that God is really my source and that God is, going to provide, spirit is going to provide, I'm going to pray and I'm going to treat and move my feet, right? I'm going to pray and I'm going to do the things I need to do if there are things that I need to do. And I'm going to shut down that ego voice every time it comes by going back into prayer, going into meditation, having a practitioner pray for me. I'm going to use every spiritual tool I have. And that's also why I think we have to choose which hooks to bite because in the course of, you know, an hour, there could be a hundred <laughs> hooks offered. Without a doubt there. And if I'm going to use my spiritual tools, I have to use them consciously and intentionally. So I have to know what I'm choosing to engage with and what I can just literally dismiss as just noise. It's just Hooks it, yes. And here's a concept, thinking about pride. This, you'll love this sentence. I ha- know some people who would, and I probably over the course of my life, have engaged in at some point the concept, if I make God proud, then I'm likely to get that $43,000. But if I have done things that have made God not proud then I'm likely not to get that. And, you know, that's a whole other show, isn't it, really? But that idea, you know, can I make God proud? Is my behavior, you know, am I looking, you know, I'm the person who wants that reality show. I think it would be so interesting to, you know, just have a camera on me all day, 24 hours a day. It would be so interesting. And, I, you know, I always think about, oh, God's watching, you know. Whatever I'm doing, I'm picking up that trash, I'm picking it up because, you know, I should just pick it up or it's because I want God's favor or I want God to be proud of me. Or I want the stranger next to me to think I'm a better person because they walk by the trash and look at me. I'm picking it up, so I make some big grand move like, I picked this up. Don't worry. You don't have to pick it up, you sloth. So, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Concept? Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> interesting. I don't know. Maybe. Yes, but I want scary, everybody. Definitely. Please be proud of me. Please tell me I did the right well, thing. But especially, I mean, I do think we do a lot of that in in our human experience. We, you know, and how could we not? From our very beginnings, our parents, our adult guardians, our and our teachers. I mean, our whole system in our in the Western world is built around make mommy proud. Exactly. Or don't embarrass me, uh, which is the opposite. Yes. Don't do that. I'll be embarrassed or you'll embarrass yeah. yourself, yeah. which is like in <laughs> in that context. Wow. Yes. Yes. So, um, so that that makes a lot of sense. And yes, this idea of of getting in God's favor or making God proud is you know natural for us to do as humans, attributing human characteristics yes. to this formless power and presence that has no need, <laughs> you know, has a love that's so big it's not about proud, not about, not about judgment. And so, yeah, that is interesting. Is God proud of you? <laughs> and that's really about all the time. That's like a lot to think about over the coming week, of this idea of pride and uh, being prideful and making that work and how does that align with our saying yes to spirit. So really glad that you um, have hung out with us for this last 58 minutes. And um, I hope that you will check out the archives and just scan through and see if there's another topic that interests you. And then we'll come back together and continue to say yes.